discuss the way that Klai Yisrael divided Eretz Yisrael. We're starting in Perak Yedadet. The Pasuk says, V'edah she'enachlu b'nei Yisrael v'eretz k'nai. These are the Shvatim which got their portion Eretz Kanan and the ones who divided it up for them. Asher the ones in charge of the division of the Chalukah, of the land of Israel, were Elazar HaKoyin, who was a Koyin Gadol, Yeshua ben Nun as the leader, and the Rosh HaAves HaMatis, which means the Nasim. So we have to understand which job each one of them played in splitting up Eretz Yisrael. So we understand that Elazar HaKoyin is a Koyin Gadol, Ba'atsam, he wasn't meant to be in charge of uh, those roles, which are really the roles of the leader. And if that's the case, splitting up Eretz Yisrael was really a role for leadership. The involvement of Elazar HaKoyin is that he had Orim Batumim. And as we know, that the, the Kohen Gadol was given a certain measure of Ruach HaKodesh, in that he could read the Orim Batumim what was meant to be. Essentially something which was, which was of significance to the Tzibur. And if that's the case, the Elazar HaKoyin would be able to see on the Urim which of the Chalakim, which we said was already split up into different parts of Eretz Yisrael, which part was Shaykh to which Shaivet. The way the Urim worked is that, as we know, there was the letters on the Urim itself, which means it made up all the letters of the Aleph base. And uh, even though not every letter is the names of the Shvatim, the Gemara already says that there's also the letters of, of the words of Rome, Yisrael, Yaakov, and Shifta, Yeshurun. And then we have the Kuf by, by, by Yitzchok, and the test by Shifta, and therefore we have all the letters of the Aleph base. Exactly how the letters of Rome, Yitzchok, and Yaakov, Shifta, Yeshurun were split up on the stones of the Choshen is a Machlakis. Is a Machlakis, if they, exactly where they, where, they, where they were added to the letters of the Shvatim on the stones. The Shifta, which is more commonly accepted, is that every stone had six letters. And therefore, if Reuben has five letters, there's one extra letter. So you have the Aleph of Avram. Shimon also has five letters, so there also be one extra letter, which would be the base of Avram. Levi only has three letters, so you'd have the Reish Shemem of Avram. And therefore, we have, we finish the name of Avram. You heard that again, it's five letters, so you have the Yud of Yitzchak, and so on, until you, and it works out that all the Shvatim, um, and well, as well as the words of Avram, Yitzchak, Yagav, Shifti, Yishurun, would be written on the stones of the Aphod. Just as an aside, there's a very interesting raya for this opinion. Very interesting raya. Raya for this opinion. There's a machlokes exactly how There's a very interesting raya for this opinion, and that is the Gemara says that the Gemara tells us that in the time of the second base of Megdash, there was a righteous guy, whose name was Dama ben Nisina. Dama ben Nisina was a righteous guy, and Dama ben Nisina was uh, had a, a precious stone. Which which the Klaishal needed for the ephod, one of the stones of the Chayshin fell out, and therefore they had to replace the stone. And they went to Dom in the Senate to ask for the stone. He was only going to inherit, and he wouldn't he wouldn't sell it to them because his father was sleeping. He didn't want to wake him up to get it out. And the Gemara tells a story to tell us about the tremendous kibud of aim that Dom in the Senate had. Anyway, the Chazal say in the Midrash that the stone which was missing was the stone of Binyamin. And the question is, where do you see that how did Chazal know that it would be the stone of Binyamin? Why would that why would that be a, a stone which they would be able to find? Now how do they know which of the Shvatim it was? 
So one of the first from the Gemara that explains, it's a bit one of the first from the Gemara explains that the reason is because if you take the names of all the Shvatim, they all have three, four, or five letters, or two letters in the case of Don and God. The only Shavit which has a name of six letters is Binyamin. And if that's the case, if we're going to split up the names of Ram Yusuf Yaakov and Shifta Yisrael, Shifta Yisrael into the stones, that every stone of six letters, the only stone which will have no extra letters will be the name Yom. Now, what was the problem? The problem was that in the time of the second verse of English, they didn't have the Shamir. The worm which would especially cut the stone without using metal, the brings rise, they only had it in the time of the first verse of English. If that's the case, how would they be able to replace the stone on the ephod? How would they be able to replace the stone on the ephod? Because they wouldn't have the means to cut new letters into a stone. So they would have had to find the stone which had already had a name in it. And if that's the case, it says the only possibility of a stone which would have a name in it would be Binyamin, because anyone could have written the name Binyamin on the stone. Whereas thinking of lighting Levi, Reish, Heimem, would only be on the Hoshin stones. No one else would think of the extra letters to add to the name. Which was because that was only made sense, it was in the sequence of the Khoshan. And therefore, if Khazal understood there was a stone missing which could be replaced, it had to be Binyamin stone, because that was the only stone which didn't have other letters added. It's an interesting shot. Anyway. And that's why it was so hard. So, whatever it is. So, normally the way the coin saw a message is the letters of the Urim Tzomer which lit up, and then he had to understand the sequence of the letters to understand the message. Now, however, when it came to a question of a Shavit, so the whole stone lit up. And then the coin could see what, what the, which shavit was being referred to by the stone would shine. And we'll see this a number of times in the night. The question was which shavit to go to, which shavit uh, should do something. And then the, sh- the answer was shown to the coin goddle that, that the stone of that shavit lit up. It wasn't just the letters. So something over here, another coin, if he was met, when they took out a certain girl, right, so then what, the, what he would see on the question was this, the corresponding shavit who stone lit up when he took out. That particular girl. So that was the job of Elazar. The job of Yeshebinun as the leader was the one to determine <coughs> and decide that whose shavit, who's, he like had to make the, the rules as the leader. This shavit, you get this chayag, you get that chayag, whatever it is. The job of the Rosh of is This is very interesting. What is the job of the Rosh of Which means the leaders of the Shvatim, or the Nasim, they weren't actively involved in deciding which shavit they were going to get. But what the Gemara says in Kiddushin is that the job of the Nasim was to accept the chalik on behalf of their shavit. And why did they need to do that? Because the Chayra, Eretz Yisrael was given collectively to Kha Yisrael. If that's the case, it's like a partnership. The whole of Eretz Yisrael belongs to the whole of the Jewish people. And if that's the case, like any time we want to start up a partnership, so everyone has to be coined in their chalik. Right? If we, we own this best marriage together. And now, for whatever reason, you decide to split it up. So one person's like in the swarim, one person's like in the furniture. Right? So if you're doing a chalukas hashutfas, if you're splitting up something which is joint property, then each person needs to do a kinyan on their chalik that it becomes theirs and is no longer part of the joint property. And therefore, even though there was a decision and it had been backed up by the Ruch HaKodesh or the Rambatamim and the Goyro, who gets which chalik, the Nasi had to then be koineh for his shavit and the chalik that his shavit got. The Gemara goes a step further. The Gemara says, what right did the Nasi have to be coined on behalf of his shavit. And the Gemara says an amazing thing. The Gemara says, maybe not everybody in the shavit wanted the chalik they got. And if that's the case, you can do a mice on my behalf if it's to my benefit. 
If I don't want you to do master on my behalf, it's called a chayva, so then you can't do it for me. So the Gemara asks, how could the Nasi be a coin for his shevet for the land that they were given? Maybe not ever be happy with it. Some people prefer mountainous territory, some people prefer flat ground. So that's the case. How could the Nasi, um, so to speak, be zeichah for his shevet? And the Gemara's answer is, it's true, it wasn't zeichah, but the Nasi was a shleich of the shevet. And if that's the case, they made him a shleich. Whether for schus or for chayva, whatever it was going to be that he was meant to get, he was there to receive it on their behalf. Okay, this is only the first step of the chaluka, which means the chaluka versus Israel into the portions of each shevet. But now after that, there had to be a second subdivision, which means once, let's say, shevet Yehuda gets the whole south of Eretz Israel, shevet Yehuda is 74,000 people. Now, how are we going to divide the shevet itself between all the families and between all the men? of the Shevet, that had to be a second system. How was that then? Was it also done with Orin Batsumim and the Gairil? It seems like not. The decision of which Shevet got which Chalek was the national decision which was involved with Orin Batsumim and the Gairil and everything else. Afterwards, it was the Nazi's job, so to speak, was the Chalek and his Shevet was given to a portion of the his Shevet. That we'll see. And that's what it says, for Gairil Nachalosim, besides for the fact that they had the Kohen Gadol, and they had Yeshua, and they had the Rosh Avasamatis, which means the Nisim, it was also not the Gairol, Kashet Siv Hashem, it had Moshe, it was Samatis, Sochat Samatis. Why? Because the other two in Abshvatim weren't part of the Cheshman, like we said. Since they had already been given their Chaylik. So we made it, when it came to a portion of the rest of the Israel, they didn't, they weren't there, they didn't need to be part of it. And so it says, Kinnasun Moshe Nachash Teamatis, Sochat Samatis, Me'evra Yarden, Me'ravim, Le'nasun Nachla B'Seichon. So we take out two and a half shvatim every year. Then we take out shevet levi. So we take out three and a half shvatim. So we get to nine and a half. Ki hayu bnei Yosef shnei matzos menashe bevrayim. Bnei Yosef had two considered two menashe bevrayim considered separate. But not the chayik alvim ba'aretz ki ma'arim nashevus and gishem and bekneim and bekniyan. We saw yesterday they didn't give land to the rabbi. They only gave them studies. Shakasher shtev hashem es moshe ki nasu bnei Yisrael vayichal kos ha'aretz. Like Hashem was mitzavah to Moshe, which is exactly like this. That it had to be lifnei Azra Koyin and the Nesiyah Eida and Begayro. The Torah and the Pasuk says all these three things as the way that they were mechalik Eretz Yisrael, and that's exactly the way that Klai Yisrael were mechalik Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Very worried about the subdivision. We discussed yesterday, and that is how did the, we, we spoke about the mechalikus and the rishonim, which the mechalikus and the rishonim and the Ramban. How did the Goyro work? In other words, we ask the question, if all Chalakum were created equal, then it wouldn't be fair, because some Shvatim were much bigger than other Shvatim. And if the girl originally was different sizes for different Shvatim, so then it's a foregone conclusion. It was no surprise to anybody, because one could see, based on the size of the property which was given, it had to be whichever it had to be. Right? So we said, was a girl just there to back up what was already decided, in which case it was just some kind of extra proof in Hashemayim that this was meant to be. Okay. That's, that, that's the Malik of the Ravid. There's one big question on the Ravid, which the Malvim asks here, and now the Mephoshim asks, which is the asks also, and that is, we know that Yosef was given the double portion of Eretz Yisrael. Yosef was given a double portion because uh, when Yaakov Avinu took the Bukhara away from Reuven, he gave it to Yosef. And the prerogative of Yosef, of the Bukhara, is to get double. Now, if that's the case, in exactly what way did Yosef get double? If everybody got the same size piece of land, and it was just the question is, however big your shevet is, that's how big your property is going to be, then how did Yosef get double? Had Menashe Be'Ephraim 
being too shvatim. So okay, so the, the land he got was two small pieces of land, enough for the amount of people in Menashe, and the amount of people in Ephraim. And had they all been wine shepherd, and you've gotten one piece of land, can they get the whole shepherd together? Right? Which is actually true. Right? Menashe and Ephraim together are slightly, or more or the same size as Yehuda. Maybe slightly bigger. And you see the property that Yehuda got next to Shaul was definitely as big as the chalik of Menashe and Ephraim together, if not bigger. Okay, we already said yesterday it could be a less fertile land and therefore they have to get bigger pieces of land. That could be. But where, where was Yosef's double portion? What did it express itself in? The mice? Shechem was a side pay. Shechem was given as an extra gift to Yosef. That was given to something else. That's because he was sold from Shechem, whatever it is. So Yaakov told him straight. That's a direct gift. Yaakov bought Shechem, it belonged to him, and he gave it to Yosef. Right? But besides the Shechem, he said, Alright, so where are they getting a double portion? Where does it manifest itself that they're getting more? Every piece is the same. And because you call it one shave, you call it two shave, it's called whatever you want. They're not getting more land from it. So this is the kasha, like I said, that if that's where they slept the land, which means each shave got to feed the amount of people in the shave, then it's a good question. Not only that, we saw yesterday that shave years have actually lost out. Because they didn't get enough land. And therefore, we saw number one, Moshe had to give some of them land that he had it. And even the ones who took on Eretz Canaan, you came to complain to show, we didn't get enough. We don't have places to put everybody. Right? So, what was the mile of the double portion? Okay, so the, um, the Malvin wants to suggest, even though it's not an easy answer to understand, the Malvin's answer is, they didn't get more ground, they didn't get more ground, but they got it in two different places. Yeah. In two different places. Manasha got his piece, and Ephraim got his piece. So it's true, in actual terms, they didn't get more property from it, but they were counted as two Shvatim, and therefore they, they got two separate parts of it as well, where each Shavit got separately. Manasha had they all been one Shavit, they'd have all gotten together. So and then it's more symbolic than actual actual physical gain. Right, that's the, that's the one Shitsa. The other Shitsa is, this is interesting, they very yarden. That the extra land the national got in the very yarden was, so to speak, more than they would have gotten had they just all been there as a show. And therefore, even though already it was a second piece of land which was given to one shepherd, which no other shepherd got. Every other shepherd only got one piece of land, and here they got two. And like we said, really, it should have been the whole of the It should have been there. And then there would have been two, an extra piece of land that they got. But Lemais, like I said yesterday, whatever Moshe's reason was, was to keep half the Shevet here and half the Shevet there. Right? Whatever reason that was, so that's what he did. Which brings us to the next question, which brings, brings us to the next point. And that is, if we're going to go with this understanding that each person got the same size piece of Eretz Israel, and the Eretz was divided into people, and just the Shevet was the sum total of the amount of people in the Shevet, so what did Bnei God and Bnei Reuben want? They said, we have lots of cattle and we need lots of land for cattle. Right? What did they get extra from that? So what we have to say, this is interesting, is that Eretz Yisrael, within the borders of Eretz Yisrael, was divided into pieces that everyone got more than the same amount of, amount, amount of people. That's the amount everybody got. Masha'enken, every Yarden, everyone got a much bigger piece. And therefore, Reuben and God's argument was, we want every Yarden, that way we'll all get more land, which is what they wanted. They said we have lots of cattle, and therefore we need more grazing ground for our cattle. And therefore, they understand that per person, they would get a bigger piece of land in Ebrei Yarden than they would get had they gotten a chalik of Eretz Yisrael. 